Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 352 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Daryl, how are you doing? Hi there, I'm doing great. I hope everyone out there is doing well and <laughs> keeping cool in this heat wave. Yes, yes, I think we're, we're finally coming to the end of it, but uh, it's always either too cold or too hot over here, but you know. <laughs> so, what have you been up to to stay out of the heat? Recently, I watched Prey, which came out on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Hulu for the Americans, and it's something I've been looking forward to for a while, and it is a film's independent universe. So add it on to what um, the three that came before, Predator, Predator Two, which is my favourite, and I think is it the Predator or something, uh, which is yes. when they send Hitmen after him. Yes, there's, there's which a few... I, I haven't seen myself, but it is. But does happen one, to be available on Disney Plus. So I will eventually watch it. I think. Yeah, there's actually four movies. There's Predator, Predator Two, Predators, and The mm-hmm. Predator oh. over the years. So there are actually four movies, and then Prey is the latest. Okay, so anyway, this is directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who's been quite the buzz lately, and it stars. Amber Mid-Thunder. So if you're a Roswell fan, you would have seen her in that. Or if you're a fan of really strange, wacky sci-fi doesn't quite make any sense, you watch Legion, you know her from there, where she's one of the main characters who we see quite a lot of. And, And she's really great in both of those things. So... Here's the synopsis. The origin and story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. Mm. Yeah, it pretty much does what it says as a tin. We open where, obviously, people who've seen Predator know his ship drops him off, and he does what he always does, which he does a little camouflage male thing, and heads off about his business. But then we move directly into the story of of Naru and she lives in a village. Her older brother is a pretty much accomplished hunter. Her mother is like a medicine woman and it's clear that her mother would like her to follow in her footsteps but she very much wants to be a hunter following the footsteps of her father who it's clear that he's died. Don't really put in anything more than that other than to say that he left her an axe. Right. Which becomes important once you go on. To become acknowledged as a hunter, you need to hunt something that could also hunt you. Right. So something dangerous like a bear or a lion. And so we follow that, and that's obviously interspersed with the predator starting to hunt things around in the same general area. 
Also, what gets introduced later is that there are some French trappers who were there hunting buffalo. <laughs> so these three sort of come together. And yeah, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, you should watch it for yourself because it's amazing. It's really, really fun. It's been quite some time since I've watched The Predator. I probably haven't watched Predator 2 in more than 20 years. Yes. But it works, having it set back there, having it set like that. And one of the main things is that I think she sees him land and obviously realizes there's something going on. But because obviously we're about 300 years ago, no one believes her because there's no real evidence. Right. And we see him hunt, but this is a time and place where lots of people are hunting different things. So it isn't strange that... I think they find some skinned walls, which is weird, but not so weird in this situation. Yes. Whereas, you know, when you find some skinned people, you know, people pause for concern. And the ability to sort of disseminate all that information in a community, it makes all the difference. Whereas here, so much difference. And because there's definitely a lot of elements of sort of sexism where it's a thing about you should be a cook or, you know, sick to medicine, that sort of thing, which also makes it difficult for people to believe. Mm-hmm. And let's just say by the time they get the proof, you know, it's a predator. They're, they're screwed. <laughs> yes. One thing I, I know, I think maybe because I haven't watched it, but it's surprising how incredibly powerful this predator is in terms of the amount of damage he takes throughout the film and just the things he walks off. I mean, at one point he goes one-on-one with a bear in a straight-up test of strength. Right. And seemingly walks away with no major... He's bleeding, but it's just bleeding the same way that you might if you got like a splinter and you pulled it out. Right, yeah. And you think, these are bears. Bears who can bat people's heads off with their claws. The action's good. It keeps attention going. It doesn't feel like a film of any wasted scenes. And, you know, if you have Disney, you can just pop that thing on and it's a fun ride. Yeah, I haven't got around to seeing it yet, but I've heard lots of good things. I've heard very, very positive things about it. And I've sort of mixed relationship with the Predator films. I think I saw Predator 2 in the cinema, probably slightly younger than what I should have done. But uh, then I think I kind of saw the last one, the Predator 1, I think. I, and obviously I've seen the original many, many moons ago. But mm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite interested in this. It looks good. I'd hide recommend this it's a lot of fun mm. the sort of main thing that we sort of learn about her is that she is smart and so like in the end you see her plans and you're impressed by what she does and thinks about yeah and what she tries whereas you know in, in previous films it's just pretty much get me a bigger gun yeah <laughs> yes True. I say it's available now for your Disney Plus. I think it could have went to cinema. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm glad I get I get to see it and I love the thing. Yeah. So I watched Riverdale. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. So what is this? Season six? Yes, something yes. like that. So this is a penultimate season. So there's yes. only one more after this, people. So this season started with the time jump. <laughs> They're all adults. And we have been on quite the journey. <laughs> Let me see if I can think of some of the things. Alternate dimensions, mm-hmm. magic, mm-hmm. angels and demons. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Resurrection. Right. Superpowers. Okay. <laughs> and time travel as well. Okay. And it actually managed to make more sense like half the seasons that came before. <laughs> and we also got like an actual proper crossover with Sabrina. Right. Yes. And not the crossover in names that happened before. Yes. So yeah, this season really had everything. Yes, I dropped out, I think, halfway through season two, but I keep on hearing things and it seems to get progressively more bonkers as that show goes on. Um, Quite a finale (laughs) where they were literally trying to resist 
a force of nature, let's put it that way, and they managed to come out. But something strange happened, which effectively sort of retcons or resets everything that happened this season. <laughs> okay. And pushes things off in a totally new direction. Right. For the next one. So we'll just have to see where that goes. Uh, yeah, bonkers. Yes. Uh, they'll be coming to an end next season, so they'll probably try to make it even more bonkers. Yes, I dread to think where they're going to end up next season, but part of me wants to go back and just jump in just to see, but I don't know. I don't know whether I can face it, because you sort of feel like I should go back and jump in where I left off, but I, you know, maybe I could just jump into this season and see. You could probably jump in like two or three episodes before the beginning of this season. Right. So the beginning would make sense. Right. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll do that. If you, if you wanted to, if you, if you were going to take those sort of steps. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you're either watching it or you're not. (laughs) I don't think season six going into seven, which is the final season, is a time to be getting new eyes on this somehow. No, probably. Probably not. Anyway, so on to the silver screen. I watched Emily the Criminal. Okay. And this stars Aubrey Plaza and Theo Rossi. And people probably know Aubrey Plaza from loads of things. Yes. Strange enough, also Legion. Yes. And Theo Rossi is someone in the Luke Cage. Yes. And um, Sons of and Anarchy. Got, I was just about to say Sons of Anarchy would have the next thing that you've probably seen him in. Yeah. Here's the synopsis. Down her luck and saddled with debt, Emily gets involved in a credit card scam that pulls her into the criminal underworld of Los Angeles, ultimately leading to deadly consequences. Yeah. We start with Emily. She's barely treading water. She works for like a catering delivery place. So the people who will deliver like the sandwiches to office blocks and things. Mm -hmm. It starts with her in a job interview. We found she has a charge no record that's preventing her from getting herself into a job that she's perhaps trained for. Because she also learned that she went to art school as she is an artist. Mm-hmm. She finds out about this credit card this thing called dummy shopping, which is you get a cloned credit card and then they find people to go out and use it and then give it to the people who gave them the credit card and they go on and sell it sort of clean it into real money. Right. So she's one of the people who goes around doing that. It's a very simple film, but it works. And the ending is something that I didn't expect because you think you know how it's going to end pretty much once she starts on her arc. But it does something a little different. So that really works. Aubrey and Theo, the film is all about them. The chemistry is good. It's a good script. Everything in, in it is believable. And it sort of comes in at just the right time for all the folk who are watching news. You know, we're seeing inflation just jumping up the wall, energy bills getting scary. Yeah. And Emily could easily be this one of us who's just sort of don't know where you're going, can't take the next step to sort of ensure your financial future. Mm-hmm. And you take a dangerous chance. Yeah. I think it's a great film. Cool. Also in it is Gina Gershon, a very popular 90s actress. Yes. And Megalyn Echikonwoke, the original vixen, if you remember that far back I believe right he's in Damien remember that oh with yes the, with the guy from Merlin King Arthur yeah. and the following I really liked yes that was a good show it is out out general release in Canada moment by watch it as a review be coming out later this week cool I did actually put on my shoes and go out all the way to the cinema which <laughs> is only about 10 minutes where I live and I watched Bullet Train right yes because I had a little bit of time and it looked intriguing and I like the sound at least of the book that it's based on so I thought I'd give it a try mm-hmm. and obviously Bullet Train stars Brad Pitt yeah. it's 
a pretty amazing cast because you've got Joey King, Aaron Dea Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sonata, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, Massey Oka. Uh, Michael Shannon, I see, is in there. Zazie Beats apparently is in there. Yeah, yeah. crazy cast. So, there's lots of interesting people. And, but what I heard is that the people who make this, it's a sort of collective of stunt people. Ah. They have like the production company, so they make a few of these, they're sort of making these sorts of films. You can see that in the it is a very action-packed, very interesting sort of stunts, good choreography sort of thing. The idea is that Brad Pitt's character, codename Ladybug, is given an assignment after being away for a while. Apparently he's went away to sort of like find himself to get some treatment. And he says he's in a better place when he's starting things up. Well, it's suggested that he works for a criminal organization. Mm-hmm. It's all suggested he might be a hitman, but this isn't a hit that he's doing. He's just here to pick up a case. Right. That's, that's what he's been hired for. He's here to pick up a case. And here is Japan. And he starts in Tokyo and he jumps on the bullet train. And I think the idea is that you're supposed to jump on, get the package, get off at the first stop. Right. There were like five or six stops. Well, obviously, you know, and I know, as soon as you hear that premise, he doesn't get off at the first stop. Of course, yes. And things start getting crazy. And it sort of emerges that there are multiple hit people, many of whom have a history with Ladybug, and their missions all seem to be interconnected. And basically what you're doing is you're just there with them, watching this, working through the stops as Ladybug tries to figure out what the heck's going on (laughs) while keeping himself alive. Yeah. It's fun. Nothing deep. <laughs> There's no greater mysteries of the world to be gleaned from watching this film. If you like the idea of a bunch of people trying to kill each other while caught on a train with nowhere to get out. Yes. And it's fun. Literally, the worst part of this was that for some reason, the cinema decided not to turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, no. Which was unpleasant. Yes. But yeah, good film. And good. yeah, and I'm, now I'm interested in the book by Japanese author Kotaro Isaka. Right. Probably put it in, but that's what it says there. I watched that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Other than that, I jumped into Strange New Worlds. Yes. I heard reports of some amazing hair, (laughs) and I can confirm that the hair is amazing. That is very true, particularly Pike's hair. Yeah, Pike's hair is something else. Yes. Because I saw a meme of it somewhere, and I sort of looked at it, and then I looked back at the episode and went, yeah, that is really quite big, and (laughs) and I don't know how I've missed it for this many episodes. Yes. Because it's massive. It is. But yeah. But anyway, it's a story of the USS Enterprise under Captain Christopher Pike. Yes. And even though all of us Star Trek nerds assume we know everything, that's not quite the case. Yes. As we see, because even people who have seen from Discovery, where we met Pike and his number one and Spock, we learn a lot more things once these guys start heading out. It's an amazing show. It is. It is super duper Star Trekky. Yes. It really does go back to the original, really gives that sort of feel to things. It feels like they said, do TOS, but I'm going to need a few plot lines weaving through. Yes. Give me four plot lines to weave through the season. And they went, okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And it works out amazing. It does. It's been a fabulous series that I really think it's the strongest thing they've produced out of the new stuff. And I mean, I like Discovery 
as well. And I like Lower Decks. Yeah, Discovery's fine. It's a bit, I think just because Discovery had so much to do and so many weird takes, it had so many weird yeah. places it had to take itself. It's hard to judge it as a series itself because it was more establishing a big chunk of the universe. Yeah. Whereas Stranger Worlds just literally gets to be Stranger in Worlds. Yeah, very much so. And it's somewhat familiar to people who like the original series and the older Star Treks, but he's also kind of fresh and different as well. They've balanced it so, so well. The characters are incredibly likable. It's incredibly funny as well. It's got more gags in it than it deserves to have. And they're a wonderful cast to watch. It's really, really enjoyable. Highly, highly recommend that. It's been a brilliant, brilliant series. And uh, even the sort of finale, which if you've read around, you know there is a certain character that shows up in the finale episode and they even handled that quite well really really enjoyed what they did with it i thought it was it was superb from start to finish really solid throughout yeah it is just a really fun and they, they get a couple of those wacky episodes yes and there's like really deep episodes you go oh wow yeah the range on it is spectacular and they go from sort of the wacky to the far more serious but still keep a kind of humor in it it's really well done yeah and the same bigger better of the season two yeah and at the moment Paramount should have the utmost confidence in the various teams who deal with their Star Trek stuff so that's good to see and I look forward to this crossover that's going to happen yeah that's going to be wild yeah watch it if you can you can get Paramount Plus on a seven day free trial that's more than enough time to binge yeah and the final thing is I watched Moonfall yes directed by Rowan Emmerich yes starring Halle Berry Patrick Wilson and John Bradley yes and a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and sends it hurtling on a collision course towards Earth. Of course, because why not? Indeed. So, it's a disaster film. It's Ronald Emmerich, of course it is. Yep. It's got a wacky conspiracy nut. Yeah. It's got a disillusioned professional who has his back turned on by the public and the people who he fought with his friends. So, it's all paid by numbers. Paid by numbers, so Ronald Emmerich film, yeah. Yeah, paid by numbers, disaster film. It's wild. It looks beautiful. <laughs> and actually, I think it works pretty well. The story's pretty solid. I can't give away too much because there's some things that you find out reads be early which you should watch to enjoy it's fun uh, Bradley's pretty good he's a very funny guy as we know because we've seen him on Game of Thrones he can do that thing yes it's on Amazon Prime I was interested in watching it when I saw it at a cinema mm-hmm. so it seems I've seen it come out for here I thought oh yeah definitely got to take some time and I watched it last night it was a lot of fun good I might go and check that out I mean they're usually kind of big silly that's exactly what it is it's big and silly big and silly Roland Emmerich does rather well so, so yes I might go and check that out so for my stuff I finished a number of things not really started much new but I've, I got to the end of uh, Sandman which I spoke about last week it's brilliant it's really really well put together very much a show with two halves to it both of the halves are really good but the first half we sort of was explaining last week the essential start of the story is Morpheus the Sandman goes up to Earth from his dream realm to try and capture a nightmare that's gone rogue whilst he's up there he gets caught by a human and ends up spending the 100 years locked in a cell and obviously all that causes his dream realm to fall to bits and he then has to go on a sort of journey to try and get his various dream tools back from people. 
So that sort of covers the first kind of five episodes. The second half of it is dealing with something they call a dream vortex, which is a sort of thing that is a threat to the dreaming, the dream realm. And that really covers the second five episodes. It's really well done. It's very well acted. I mentioned last week the aspect ratio is a bit weird. You do kind of get used to it after a while, but it is one of those things that's very distracting when you first start it. The, it looks like the aspect ratio is off and it's been uploaded wrongly. Seems to have been a creative decision. Don't think it makes a huge amount of sense, honestly, but that's what they've done. It does get easier to deal with as you're going through it. It's got some very gory bits in it, I think it would be fair to say. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some gruesome bits. There are some funny pieces. It's quite an interesting balance of sort of tone, but solid throughout and uh, certainly a recommendation. I think it's well worth watching. It seems to have gone down well with fans of the comic book as well as being a good adaptation of the book, which is nice. Um, Neil Gaiman was involved in the series as well as obviously writing the book. So you you would hope that if anybody's going to get it right, it's the person that wrote it. So, uh, so yes, that was good. Over on Paramount Plus, along with watching Strange New Worlds, I worked through La Brea. Uh, I started last week. I talked a little bit about this is the wonderfully bonkers show that has the very silly premise of a big sinkhole opening up in the middle of Los Angeles. A bunch of people fall through and find themselves 10,000 years in the past in the middle of a sort of primeval version of LA. And it just gets crazy from there. Yes, it does. And whilst it seems very silly as a premise, once you get past that, it's actually quite well put together it's very much on the same level of like there's hints of lost in there hints yeah, of a little, lost. little bit of lost little bit of manifest zoo which of course was from the same people which was that wacky show where animals started to communicate with each other and realized they could take over the planet it's got elements of that sort of strange silliness to it as well but taking itself sort of seriously I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it's got a lot of intrigue in it. It's got the manifest kind of, you're not entirely sure exactly what's going on and why this is happening to these people. And and there's some really interesting twists and turns as it goes through it. Really enjoyable. You know, a good, fun, not too hard thinking, enjoyable romp through a primeval world. I I had fun with it. There's 10 episodes in the first season and it's all on Paramount+. Plus. There is a second season coming out, so I'm very interested to see where they take it with that. Oh, yeah. It is a wacky, wacky show. But I think it does really well in dealing with all the relationships. Yes. It spends a lot of time on them, and it keeps it to a fairly small group of about eight people. You have the mother, who has a son, but is separated from her husband and her daughter. You have the former soldier medic. Yes. And his daughter. And then you have all these extra things. It also reminds me of that show where they were sending people into the past through a portal. Travelers, that one? No, no, no. When they're sending people, no, when they're sending people into the far, far past because of like overpopulation. Because in that, there's also this weird mystery that pops up pretty soon, which doesn't make sense because they're in the past. And why is that thing there? It has that sort of feel to it. 
Yeah. Terra Nova is, is a show. Yes. That's driving me nuts. But yeah, but it's already got a season two. I think it's interesting that they've moved it up so it's no longer a summer show. Yeah, it seems to have done well enough. So it's an interesting one. I actually am quite looking forward to coming back. It certainly was very, very enjoyable. It's definitely one that I will be going back to. I did really enjoy that first season. Over on the gaming side of things, there is a new game which I've taken up quite a lot of my time called Two Point Campus, which is sort of a follow-up to Two Point Hospital, which has been around for a, a number of years. Two Point Campus, basically the same premise. It's a bit like, you know, the old theme hospital things where you had to build yourself a hospital and populate it and like serve the patients. This is the same sort of premise, but it's a school. It's got some wonderfully fun graphics. It's somewhat cartoonish in like there are sort of music lessons and general education lessons, but there's also things like a clown college and a magic school, which is sort of Hogwarts-esque, which is one of the levels. There's sort of robotics and all that sort of stuff. So there's there's got sort of a bunch of weird and wonderful things. And basically, you have to build yourself a campus that keeps the student happy, keeps the staff happy, level it up and make sure that there is money coming in and turnover coming in. So if you liked the original Two Point Hospital, chances are you're going to like Two Point Campus. There is a a number of quality of life things that they've put into the uh, new game, which I think were things that they realized didn't quite work in the original Two Point Hospital. So they've improved a number of things like being able to copy rooms across and there's a lot more customization bits and pieces. They've also changed certain dynamics, like you can get the rating of a room up by decorating it nicely. And the problem with the original Two Point Hospital was certain things that if you spammed them around in the room, you'd have like 20 gold certificates on the wall and it pushed the room rating right up. They've found a mechanism to stop you doing that now. If you put multiple copies of something in one room, it reduces the amount of return you get for putting that item in. So it encourages you to decorate things differently as well. Overall, I've been really, really enjoying it. The characterizations are really good. It is quite easy in quite a lot of ways. There are points where some of the levels get more and more difficult, and the object is to earn basically three stars on each level, and you know it gets progressively harder to earn the higher tier stars on those levels. Overall, well worth investing in. It's uh, available on Steam, I think. I think it's on consoles and it's on Switch as well. So there's lots and lots of places you can get it. Very, very enjoyable. Certainly if you like those building games, which I mean, people listen to the show, you know I'm a huge fan of building games. So certainly if you like that sort of thing, definitely want to go out and get, I would say, very, very enjoyable building game. Um, in terms of other bits and pieces, still following up on CSI Vegas, The Blacklist, uh, The Flash, which I'm wading through this current season. Oh. When they announced that was coming back for a final season, I was like, good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then we have Westworld, which the uh, finale episode is out now. Better Call Soul will be out by the time this podcast goes up. They are both having finales this week, so we will be over on Entertainment Talk doing the finales of both those episodes later this week. So keep an eye out on Entertainment Talk for those as well that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman 
And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations. One is a sort of entire network. The other, the other is a singular show. Q-Force, which was an animated series that's been cancelled on Netflix. We obviously got buried in the Netflix lack of advertising, I think, that one. Mm-hmm. And Spectrum Originals, which were the people that were behind LA's Finest and the Mad About You revival, uh, both of which I don't think are running now anyway, but they had a couple of new shows which had gone out and had been renewed for a second season Spectrum Originals are shutting down apparently so there was a sci-fi thriller called Beacon 23 and a neo-western called Joe Pickett both of those are now in limbo they were renewed for new seasons but we now don't know what's going to happen I think Beacon 23 was a co-production with AMC so that may get rescued by AMC but who knows I don't think they've landed over here so uh, I mean it won't really affect us but yes those two shows are are potentially teetering on not coming back but we don't know yet in terms of renewals there's been a few uh, physical renewed by Apple TV so that is coming back Love Death and Robots renewed for a fourth season that's on Netflix Grantchester renewed for season 8 by ITV and PBS Masterpiece who are in the US US. Power Book 3 Raising Canaan, that's got an, an early renewal for season three on Stars. And Harry Wild, which was an Acorn TV series, that's been renewed for a second season as well. So uh, lots of renewals coming in there. In pickups and other news, The Walking Dead, Daryl featured spin-off, has a name. And imaginatively, it's going to be called The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. So there's that. That was the thing that was going to be the Daryl and Carol show. And yeah. then Carol dropped out because it's apparently filming in Europe and she wasn't able to go over to Europe for a variety of reasons. So um, they're now focusing on it just being Daryl, although whether somebody else joins him, we don't know. But uh, he's been pushed as the main lead in it, which, I mean, it's fair enough. People love Daryl. So uh, it is going to be called The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, that series. It's a little bit of news about Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, which you may have seen floating around. Some people saying it was cancelled. Apparently there was a poster that went up saying series finale on it it was supposed to say season finale not series finale and panicked a few people uh, apparently the promo was a copy error it shouldn't have said series finale on it so uh, if you saw any news about that it's not cancelled it is coming back there was some news today about the CW as well, which the long-talked-about buyout looks like it's going to go ahead. Nexstar, who are one of the companies that own a bunch of the local broadcasters in the US and are the biggest syndicator for the CW across the US, they are apparently the ones that are going to be buying it. They are going to be taking a 75% ownership share with the rest of it still split between Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery. The plan is to keep Mark Pedowitz on as the CEO, so he's going to be staying on board. They are talking about essentially changing things up and making it profitable because that's always been the thing with the CW. It was never been profitable the entire time they have owned it. It was used as a repository for dumping on shows, which they then made money back by selling to other places, either internationally or selling onto streaming services. That, of course, they don't really need now because they have Paramount 
Plus and they have HBO Max to do that with, which is why they opted to sell it because it's just a money drain. So um, hopefully Next Star are going to come in and put some new shows on it. But I mean, who knows what that would be? It might not be dramas. It might be a bunch of reality TV. <laughs> no, let's, for- no, let's, let's be clear. It's going to be reality. It's going to be a lot more reality. Yes. And a few dramas. Quite probably. Yes. So if there is a CW show which survived and I mean, a lot of them got canned and we've got Riverdale finishing. The thing is, we still are quite a lot of CW shows. It's just under the less known shows. Things like the football, the football one. Is it Homecoming? Oh, yeah. No, um, the the, yes. The, um, all American and All that's American. It, all American. That's, that's the name because Homecoming, I think, is a spin off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we still have things like All American. You have Walker and Walker's Legacy. They'll be hanging around for quite some time yet. We've got the Supernaturals spin off. So there's still stuff there. I think we don't realize how many shows the CW has. Yes. For such a tiny network. They've still got, uh, I think Nancy Drew is still kicking Yeah, Na- Yeah, Nancy Drew is, will still be there. They're currently filming now in Vancouver. And Superman and Lois obviously still there. Kung Fu still running. Yep. Stargirl at the moment still running, although we don't know whether that's going to get... Yeah. So yeah, it's ready. It's ready for the next season. But we don't know what's going to happen after that. Yeah, and then we have uh, Flash and Riverdale both finishing next season, so mm-hmm. they are coming to an end. But yeah, I mean, there is quite a lot. And like you say, there's the Walker Independent series. There's the Winchester's Supernatural spinoff. There's that awful looking. Um, no, we don't speak of that. <laughs> that awful looking Gotham Knights. Yeah, uh, Gotham Knights. Good lord, I don't. Which I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that gets canned after one season. But yes, we'll have to see. But speaking. Speaking of the DC stuff, obviously after we did talk quite a lot about DC last week. I um, bet you did. Yes, with all the stuff going on with the Batgirl movie being canned and all that sort of stuff. Just running through some of the shows which they have talked a little bit more about. Harley Quinn season four is apparently a very safe bet. So season three, I think, is going out in the US right now. God knows we're going to land over here. Uh, Season four, it looks like, is a very safe bet to return. Titans and Doom Patrol both back for new seasons. We'll see after that is basically what they've said. So they may be in trouble. I would think so, to be honest. Pennyworth, which has now been renamed Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler. Why? I have no idea. It's such a bizarre thing to put on, but it's now running on HBO Max. It was on Epics, I think, originally, and then they moved it back onto HBO Max now. And for some reason decided to put that subtitle of the origin of Batman's butler on the end of it. But uh, it's got the third season coming out in October, then we'll see. So that may be for the chop as well. Peacemaker will be back for a second season, according to James Gunn. He's pretty much solid on that. The Green Lantern series, which is from Mark Guggenheim and Greg Berlanti from the uh, Arrowverse stuff, that they've said he's very much alive and definitely moving forward, although it might not make its debut until 2024, but they have said that that Green Lantern series is is there. So it does make me wonder whether they're tweaking that in some way to be able to like pull that version of Green Lantern across into films, possibly, so they're actually connecting it to the DCEU, maybe. Well, maybe. I, I don't I was thinking they're more going to see if they could do something where they could tie it into Superman and Lois. Well, possibly. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be on HBO Max and Superman and Lois at the moment. I mean, it does run on HBO Max, but only 
after its run on CW. So I, I don't know. But yes, so that Green Lantern series is very much alive and still moving forward. The Penguin series, which is the spin-off from the Batman, that's still moving forward, apparently. Or still in development, active development was what they've said. And the Justice League Dark series, apparently, is still in active development right now as well. I didn't even know there was one. Yes. I think, was that one of the ones that J.J. Abrahams was supposed to be doing? Who, oh. Apparently, but that series is still kicking around. One thing they have canned is there was a Strange Adventures series, which Kevin Smith was supposed to be doing. That's not moving forward. Kevin, in his usual self-deprecating way, said, yeah, it's probably the right thing to do. Nobody really knew who these people were anyway. So if you're going to cancel anything, it probably should have been that one. But yeah, it's a shame because I love Kevin Smith and you know him working on DC stuff would have been great because I mean, he's filmed episodes of Flash and Supergirl and stuff, but uh, he was going to be in control of that. And apparently that's now gone. The Flash film, which is the big thing that's kind of looming. It's come out that there appears to have said they've got three options with it. One is Ezra Miller gets professional help. Then that's followed up by a sort of tell-all interview kind of thing. And then he will do limited press for the film when it's released. Option two is he refuses to get any help. They release The Flash without having any involvement from its star. And then they will recast the role moving forward. Mm. The third option, which is kind of the nuclear option, is they scrap the entire $200 million movie, which having just scrapped a $19 million movie or $1790 million movie, they could eat $200 million, maybe. I mean, you know, they've got oh, yeah, money. They, they, but, they, cer- they certainly can. But it seems to be that at the moment they're still trying to look at ways of pushing it forward. I mean, I know, I just, I can't see option one is, is an option, at least for me. I mean, the fallout from any interview with him would just be even worse. Yeah, I can see them maybe releasing it. Um, yeah, I think it doesn't have to release it without any involvement. Yeah, I don't know. It's a mess. And the problem is that they seem to have made it a bit of a linchpin for where they want to move forward because of the fact that it's based around a sort of Flashpoint storyline. It gives them a chance to reset things. Um, Unfortunately, you kind of need to reset things without Ezra Miller in it. So I don't know. But those are the three options that are being touted right now. Which one they end up going for, we'll have to wait and see. It's due out next year, so... Who knows? Yes, until they push it back again and Ezra stops terrorizing Hawaii and various other places, but we'll we'll see. Moving on to other things, there is a new Kaylee Kloku Peacock series. It's another dark comedy. It's called Based on a True Story. There's a little sort of log line for it. It says, inspired by a bizarre true event, Based on a True Story is a darkly comedic thriller about a realtor, a plumber, and a former tennis star whose lives unexpectedly collide, exposing America's obsession with true crime murder and the slow closed toilet seat <laughs> so that's the uh, strap line for it uh, it doesn't really tell you an awful lot Kelly's supposed to be playing a married woman named Ava Bartlett all the other details about the show are being very much under wraps right now Ava is believed to be the realtor character she is obviously just coming off the back of doing the flight attendant where she's been nominated back to back Emmys for that they have said with the flight attendant and one of the reasons she's probably doing this is the flight attendant is quite possibly not returning for a third season but that seems to be a decision by them as she's sort of saying I want to leave it may go back to it at some point but they think that it rounded out quite well so she's at a point where they don't want to do more right now Craig Rosenberg is the guy set to write showrun and exec produce the series he's previously worked on things like Lost Preacher and The Boys so uh, that maybe gives you some idea of uh, the 
type of show it might be uh, although whether it gets as gory and as over the top as things like Preacher and the Boys we'll have to wait and see it's been exec produced by Jason Bateman who of course was the person behind Ozark and The Outsider and he's an uh, actor and everything else but those were the shows that he exec produced previously it sounds like it could be kind of an interesting one I think she's great uh, Jason Bateman's picked some really interesting projects to be involved with and Craig Rosenberg I think sounds like a solid pick for person showrunning it as well so we'll see Kaylee Cuoco's going from straight to straight so good for her there was a little bit of news about John Hamm as well John Hamm is going to be joining the Apple TV Plus series The Morning Show which I think is a really interesting addition to the cast uh, he's obviously just been in Top Gun Maverick he's going to be playing Paul Marks, who is a corporate titan who set his sights on UBA, which is the news network that they all work for. And uh, he's pulling Corey, Alex and Bradley into his powerful orbit. That's uh, Billy Crudup, Jennifer Anson and Reese Witherspoon's characters, who are the main leads of the show. Uh Witherspoon was talking about it and sort of said, he's the greatest. He's such a good part too. You're just going to get the full ham. Wait, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) So so it's a very complex character. He's a media mogul that gives Billy cut up a run for his money which I think is the most fun part too because Billy could eat a scene like I've never seen somebody eat a scene and Ham gets to come in and give him a great foil she described it as Alien versus Predator <laughs> which I think sounds like it could be quite good fun that's been a brilliant show and I think he's a great addition particularly as a foil for uh, Corey who's Billy's character have you caught any of that yet? No I haven't pretty far behind on my Apple stuff yeah I may have to try a trial at some point and see what I can see yeah I mean Apple TV is definitely worth a trial they've got some great shows on there For All Mankind Morning Show C there's some, just some brilliant things on there as well as sort of Ted Lasso and all that sort of stuff as well so just some great shows on there it's well worth picking up but the morning show's been really good and I think he's a wonderful addition to the cast and one last story as well about Outlander there is a prequel which has we mentioned a while ago but uh, it's got a title now it's called Outlander Blood of My Blood it's officially in development this of course is a prequel series so it centres on Ellen McKenzie who's the eldest of the children of uh, Jacob McKenzie chief of the clan McKenzie wife of Brian Fraser and mother and father to a certain Jamie Fraser so it's basically Jamie's parents is, is uh, but presumably there's going to be some time travelly stuff in there and it's not going to all be set in the same maybe there isn't and maybe it is just purely a Highland drama I mean who knows but Blood of My Blood is what it's uh, being called there is a book being written by Diana Gabaldon who is the uh, author of Outlander she is writing a prequel book as well interestingly when they first announced this she then came out and said um, nobody's talked to me about this yet even though she is writing a book which is exactly the same plot they have come out and clarified that they are working with her just it sounds like one of those things got out and the press release got ahead of them actually talking to her about it and it all a bit of a mess but uh, they are planning on her involvement in the show so she, uh-huh. she will be in there but it is going to be one of those things where she's not written the book and they're starting the series so it may differ in some way don't know any casting for it yet it's an interesting one I mean the Outlander origi- the main series is up on season 7 is the next one coming back and we don't know how much longer I think their casts are up because it's the 
seventh season, so I think they're up for renegotiation. So I don't yeah. know how much longer that's going to go. That will sort of depend on what they can renegotiate, I suspect. But um, we'll see where it goes. They're not planning on ending the main series. They are planning on renegotiating with the cast. They are planning on running both together. But it does mean that if they don't, they have got this to follow it up from. Have you been Outlander fan? Not seen it. I do. I obviously had to know of it. The man of the build-up was huge in the first few seasons. Yes. Lots of very, very dedicated fans of that show, as I discovered when I first started writing about it. They do really love it. So uh, I very much enjoy it as well. It's a fun series to watch. It's all on Stars Play in the UK if you want to go and catch it. I would assume that the follow-up will end up on there as well, but we'll have to wait and see. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. There aren't a huge amount, probably because one certain large show is dropping. So uh, we've got Yellowstone, which is back for its full season. That's on Paramount Plus on the 17th of August. We have League of Their Own, the Sky series. That's the comedy quiz that returns on the 18th of August at 9pm on Sky Max. Then we have She-Hulk, which of course is the next big Marvel series. That lands on the 18th of August. That's on Disney Plus. On the 19th of August, we have the Cuphead show returning for a second season. That's the animated series based on the award-winning video game. And 22nd of August at 2am and then repeated later on at a more sensible hour. Coming to Sky Atlantic, we have House of the Dragon as we return to Game of Thrones, but 300 years before the events of that series. And it tells the story of House Targaryen. You'll be able to give your thoughts on that when it lands on the 22nd. That is everything we have coming up for the next week. If people want to see more of your stuff, where can they find you? They can head over to Hollywood North News. At the moment, we have a new interview and review for Arranged Marriage, which is this absurd satire that just recently came out. It's on limited cinematic release in Canada. It's pretty wild. You'd have to read the review to get any idea. I advise just watch the trailer just for an experience. And hopefully we'll have another interview coming out soon. But from that, we're just really gearing up for all the new shows that are coming up. Things that I guess will also be here. Things like Family Law, yeah, which I guess must come over here. There's a show Sky Med, which I reckon will probably make its way over pretty soon. That is coming to Paramount Plus, I believe. Yeah. So lots of things to go and check out over on HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those shows from Daryl. For other people involved in the show, you can go to see Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S, who's streaming pretty regularly and got lots of stuff over on their very silly things such as uh, playing Tomb Raider and falling off stuff. Uh, she does a chatting streaming boxes, lots of retro gaming, all sorts of weird and wacky things going on over there. Well worth going to watch. She's very, very funny. So go and check Bex out on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. For Matt, you can go and find him over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts, including, well, you can go and listen to the Manchester United podcast. It might just be half an hour of him weeping, but uh, <laughs> there is that. Or you also can go and listen to the Better Call Soul show, which I'm doing with him. And there is also Westworld and there's a bunch of other stuff as well over there because uh, they're coming up for their finales. For us, you can kind of, of course, go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website, post find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.